Hello and welcome to Castable. We are the podcast which brings on star guests to talk about their highly personalised music festival. I'm the host Matt Hoss and I'm going to inspect around their imaginary festival site and see how awesome it is. We'll talk about the music, why we love it and so much more. Today's guest is a multi-talented comedy legend. He is a comedian, writer and multiple podcast host. You might know him from Papi's Flatshare, or you might know him from the Ed Gamble and Matthew Crosby Radio X podcast. It's Matthew Crosby. Hello. Hi, Matt. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thanks very much. Yeah. What a lovely introduction you, you wrote for me there. It's exactly as I sent it to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in the press release. I had to change some of the, the pronouns. Sure. But yeah. How are you today? I'm really good. Thanks very much. Yeah. I'm very, um, very excited to be talking to you. It's always nice to talk to uh, another person on a zoom chat for pod for a podcast it just makes you know, a real change you know you what? i really want to shake up your day a little bit you know yeah. like, for me this is the podcasting window of my day when it's sort of two o'clock to, to four o'clock is when my daughter has a nap oh that's when i do um so yeah so that's when i do my podcasting <laughs> Go to sleep now, Daddy's got a podcast. Well, I feel I'm genuinely very appreciative of uh, of, of that. You must have very little time for yourself as well, and spending it doing on this podcast. I'm very, very, very happy to have you here. So, if someone were to ask you what kind of music are you into, how do you usually respond to that question? I would say I say rock music. I think that's you know just like bam. I think just I think basically if you listen to because when when you get your little rundown of what kind of music you listen to from Spotify, you know your year end rundown i don't know if you use spotify yeah but they do, send yeah. you they send you that little thing that says you mostly listen to this and i think <laughs> everything is just like it's it's always like indie rock alternative yeah. rock pop rock <laughs> punk rock it's like so i think it's there's there's a there's a recurring theme here mm-hmm. guitar music have you always been into quote rock or have you do you like all the different kind of niches there or do, would you describe it as rock as what you like yeah, I think I've been ex- like ever since I was a little kid. I've been sort of excited by the, the like the world of rock and roll. Yeah, it's always seemed like a very, and it's you know it's a pretty broad church, isn't it? Like when I was a, when I was really little, ten, you know, nine or ten, my favourite band was the Australian band In Excess. Okay, you know those? Yeah. Do you know those guys? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I do. Um, yeah, big, you know, big in the eighties, early nineties, and that was the first band I ever saw live. They were the my I took. I'm sorry, I took my dad to see them. My dad took me. That was the way. <laughs> yeah. I was 10. There's no way. <laughs> Come on, dad, get in the car. Let's, let's go. I did actually, like, because they, they played at the London Arena, the Docklands Arena. It's not there anymore. But then about 10 years later, maybe 12 years later, they played there again. Oh, and wow. I did take my dad as one of the many presents I bought for my dad where it's more for me than for him. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Blond- yeah. Blondie and In Excess were playing on the same bill. And so I took him to that. Which That's is pretty, great. It's a pretty, yeah. pretty dynamic, uh, yeah, Bill, even in 2002 or 2003, whenever it was. Um, <laughs> obviously, Michael Hutchins had sadly passed by that stage. They had JT Fortune, was that, or John Stevens? It was, it, it was, it was, they changed direction slightly mm-hmm. after the tragic death of their lead singer. Um, and they, they, they did a, a reality show. Did you know that? In Excess Rockstar so to no. find their new lead singer. So there was like, a, you really? know, like, an, like an X Factor style show to find their new lead singer. And I think that Ooh. might have been the guy I saw, the guy who'd won the X Factor, which I oh, suppose wow. is not that, it's not a million miles away from what Queen have done with Adam Lambert. I mean, yes. it wasn't a competition to find Adam Lam- to find a new Freddie Mercury, but he <laughs> yeah. came up through the competitions. Um, but, um, but yeah, but I, I remember the first gig, when I went to that first gig, it just seemed like a very enticing, very exciting, very different world, mm-hmm. the world I lived in. 
you know, you've got Tim Farris who played the guitar whilst riding a skateboard around the stage. Oh my God. You're 10 really? years old. Like what could be more <laughs> exciting than that? And, you know, thousands I, of people screaming while you skateboard and play the guitar. I mean, that does sound like a 10 year old's fantasy as well, doesn't it? Like, yeah, absolutely. Rock and roll on my, my gnarly red. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, it's like a character from Saved by the Bell or yeah. something like that. It's like, <laughs> who's the cool new guy? He's always on the skateboard, you know, shredding. That's how I see you, Matthew. Like, yeah, I kind of see you as a, um, a the podcaster who skateboards and rocks out at the same time. You know, yeah. that's, that's how I see you. Well, it, it's funny actually because, like, oh, like I think there's been a great sort of a, a tug of love between how I like the kind of people I aspire to be like mm-hmm. and the person I actually am. I think yeah. that's uh, you know, and not even aspire to be like because I've never you know I, I owned a skateboard when I was a little kid, but I was useless. At, I was going to say playing it. <laughs> yeah, that's where you go wrong. It's like trying to strum it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. I would I would stand on a guitar and play the skateboard. I was like, I'm going to sort of give it my own twist. I don't want to be just a Tim Ferriss, uh, yeah. Tim Ferriss uh, copy. I bet in ten years' time, it's going to be that. That's going to be an act as well. It'd be like Royal Blood, but for like feet. Um, but yeah, that, that's, to be honest, uh, that, I, I tried to riff something there. It, that, um, no, no, no. There's absolutely nothing wrong with starting a sentence with no idea how it's going to end. That's how most of my best sentences uh, have come to fruition. <laughs> Did you ever want to be that rock star as well? Did you ever learn any instruments? Yeah, I played in bands when I was, I was going to say, again, I was going to say a kid there, but like I played in bands till I was in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. And actually the last sort of proper band I was in, I was... 22 23 and doing i was at teacher training college mm-hmm. i was learning to be a teacher and so i'd been to university i'd come back and then i got together with some guys that well, in fact it was one of my dearest friends tom gibbs mm-hmm. uh and uh he was at the time going out with my sister mm-hmm. so he's like my my younger sister's boyfriend and he was five years he is, he is still five years younger than me which at the time is like a bit weird isn't it to yeah, be a teacher yeah. training college and to to be in a band with some guys who are in sixth form they might have still been there yeah. they in sixth form or they just just my wife is corroborating she went to the same school as them they were still in sixth form was was tom in sixth form when i was playing in in carabine oh man carabine's a name carabine was the name of the band oh, yeah nice which was also the name of mine and tom's favorite tutor that's where it came from it was our favorite tutor at, oh. at the university of kent Keith Carabine and um, it was also the name of the if you've ever seen Bad Olds it was the name of the boss in Bad Olds Carabine has been a has been a a figure that's loomed large ever since my uh, ever since my my university days but yeah that's that's where it's from but um, but yeah so we we formed a band and we played gigs sort of in and around uh, southeast London but it got to a point when I was doing more comedy gigs than I was doing these yeah. music gigs and also i just i just wasn't good enough <laughs> it's one of those things you're a lot you know it's good it's good to be able to admit it to yourself just i wasn't i wasn't good oh, enough man. not a not a good enough singer not a charismatic charismatic enough <laughs> charismatic i wasn't a, i was i wasn't a charismatic enough front man um i i wasn't uh just didn't just didn't have the chops we, we all enjoyed playing yeah and you know i, I had a good time writing songs but um yeah, we just didn't just didn't have what it took. Do you still like, even though you're very successful in what you do now, do you still ever have that inkling that, oh, I would be I would quite like to be a rock star though? I think now it's more in fact I'm in a WhatsApp group with a few other comedians. Yeah. 
where we we talk about being in a dad band and i think that's the next stage you know i've yes. turned, turned 40 uh, a few months ago and uh most of my friends are n- newish parents and that's the thing we talk about it's, it's getting in getting uh you know going to hiring the antenna studios in crystal palace and just doing pavement covers oh and that would be that that's sort of the that's sort of the dream you know i think that's kind of that's i I, i've put aside any idea that you know i'm going to do any original songs that's going to turn me into sort of i mean it's it's just it's too late in the day isn't it (laughs) pop star pop star's a young man's game dad band much much more comfortable with but at the moment it's just it's it's a whatsapp group where we will send each other tablature yeah. And, and go, hey, can you do this day? And oh, no, 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 sorry, because I can't get babysitting for that day. It's a, basically, it's, it's, a, it's a dream at the moment. It's just a dream yeah. that I have with four of the guys. I like it because they, they, even though it's a dream, we still put the admin into it, though. It's like, all right, I've, checked, I've, I've, I've sent you the chords and stuff Oh, like that. yeah, we, we, we're, we're, we're setting up doodle polls. We're sending each other, you know, the chord sequences. <laughs> we're just not actually picking up an instrument and playing it. Yeah. The admin is the only bit that we're, we're actually genuinely good at, you know. <laughs> Imagine, like, if most rock bands got into it for the admin, been like, "Hey, we're Slipknot, and we've done our taxes." Yeah. I mean, that's not. It's, you know what? It's it, that's that's sort of the the big realization you get as a comedian. Yeah. When you first start, um, <laughs> when you first start out, you think, "Oh, this is gonna be great." You know, I'm just gonna Absolutely. spend all day, you know, going for you know, going for coffee with my other funny friends and workshopping ideas and writing jokes and you yeah. know, I'll just go to, to this gig in the evening and you go, well, actually, no, I'm not going to go to this gig in the evening unless I spend an hour a day emailing clubs and I'm yeah. not going to be able to afford the coffee unless I spend an hour a day invoicing clubs. <laughs> and you go, oh, actually, this is, I've just given myself an office job where for 20 minutes a night, I get to go and talk to strangers <laughs> for money. But the rest of it is just, it's, you know, it's yeah. tempting. Wow. Um, well, Already, this has already been quite an interesting conversation. Um, but obviously, we're going to be talking about going to festivals as well. But do you go to a lot of live shows? Uh, well, pre-lockdown, did you go to a lot of live shows? I tried to, yeah. Yeah, I like, I mean, I like going to see music live. Mm-hmm. Um, when, I was, when I was, you know, when I was a kid, again, I, I, was, I was going every week. I was going, I think it's different now because there are fewer kind of bands out there that I care enough about to want to go and see yes um and i tend to go to a lot of bands uh gigs where they're like it's 25 years since you released this album here we you know this is us playing it in full and you go 25 years and a hitchcock zoom goes off in your mind yeah but um so there's there's, there's lots of gigs like that um but yeah love love trying to see live music and again it's always fun when you find a new band Mm. you know that's that's when i that's why why you know obviously you're wearing your jeff rosenstock t-shirt your worry t-shirt yeah that in the last three years has been the biggest kind of it it it, it was every now and then a record comes along and worry was that record where you remember what it's like to be a music fan for the you know an early music Mm -hmm. fan like when i would be so excited about um i don't know Manic Street Preachers Holy Bible coming out and I'd be you know, I'd know when it was coming out I'd know you know and I'd be saving up my money and I would go mm-hmm. there on the on the Monday after school go into HMV buy it take it home be like reading the reading the liner mm-hmm. notes of the CD yeah. on the on the bus home getting it home and listening to it or you know and that was and it was it was like that with with worry that you know immediately I was like right when can I go when can I see Jeff Rosenstock live when can yeah I, you know when can I go to these these gigs and when he announced two London dates I immediately bought two tickets for both of them yeah you know um and 
the exciting thing there was that first tour that he was doing Worry in 2017, Six, I think it yeah, was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, well, yeah. So it was, it was after yeah, the tour afterwards. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, he, he played uh, at the Fighting Cocks in Kingston, which mm-hmm. is um, a gig I, I've done myself as a comedian. It's outside the box, Math Brown's gig. Oh, and really? it's like yeah. a kind of, you know, I think probably a hundred people standing at a real push, mm-hmm. more like 80. And that was so exciting to be like, oh, here's a band I love, but I don't have to go to, you know, like if I want to go and see Steely Dan, mm-hmm. a, yeah. there's only yeah. one member of Steely Dan still living in the Steely Dan touring band. And, and, and B, you know, if I mess up the booking and I'm not there at 10 a.m. like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. on it, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be miles back and I'm going to be way high up in the gods. Mm-hmm. This is a, you know, I can... I can get I can get to the front if I want to and just see and, a band. Oh, and this yeah. is and that that kind of thrill of going to see you know when I when I would be into a band and go and see them at like the LA two in mm-hmm. uh, in Ch- Charing Cross Road when I was a kid, just a, a band that you know me and my friends loved completely. Like I, I went and saw a band called Alice Donut with all my friends and they were like a band we really adored, and the, the thrill of going and you know meeting a, another hundred and twenty people who all loved mm-hmm. that band as well that was great and that's how, how it was seeing jeff rosenstock well, two yeah. years ago three years ago and i uh, i remember i think i saw jeff live in london on the 20 uh, it's 28 late 2018 it's gonna be about october-ish i think and was uh, in shoreditch it was in shoreditch yeah yeah i was at that gig as well when oh, he got yeah. the, had the saxophone and he played it up stood yes. up on the speaker oh my god the yeah. yeah 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 and chris farron was support which was amazing as well chris farron was fantastic yeah yes uh, and there was i know exactly what you mean because like with certain gigs and i've mentioned this before on the podcast with certain gigs um I guess it's like stand-up in a way where you need everyone to kind of be involved on the same page. That's when a gig gets magical. And uh, I've been, I went to see a Screaming Females gig in Newcastle and I loved them, but the rest of the crowd was not on board with it. They just stood there. I was like, I was like, woo, come on. But like, um, so it does require other people around you all being as intensely into it as you are. And with Jeff, instantly, like the whole crowd was like, and uh, just so into it. And, uh, yeah, I it was one of the best gigs of my life. I think. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, it was um a very that, that, that thing of everybody, you know, especially because the Worry is an album which has got it's full of kind of sing along songs, you know. Yeah, they're very um, you know, punch the air and I mean, on, of obviously that's like that's something it's it's by design. Like the backing mm-hmm. vocal is the hundred it's a hundred people singing backing vocals on the album that you got mm-hmm. together, so it's it's designed for crowds to sing. Mm-hmm. So having that you know, being in a, in a room where, because it, it's, you know, listening to a record, it's very, it's that very personal experience of, you know, you, it's just you and, and your headphones and, you know, you don't even necessarily know if other people are into it or if other people like it. And they yeah. get in there and going, oh, we're all into this thing. It's, that kind of community is amazing. It's great. Yeah. And I mainly go to gigs entirely by myself. Uh, and that's kind of the way, like, yeah, in, in terms of stand-up, you kind of travel alone, you you gig by yourself and drive home it's kind of part of the lifestyle but when as it, with a music gig when i kind of go there and you don't i don't necessarily make friends with other people but just being surrounded by people who love this weird thing as much as you do for one night only i think it's yeah. like really really cool and uh yeah i remember I mean, going to like festivals like download and uh I'd go by myself for the whole weekend and uh yeah i just remember at the end of like 
a gig. Like I saw Ozzy Osbourne in 2018, I think. And yeah, 2018. And I just... Uh, me and this guy who I've never met before, he had his top off. I gave him a little cuddle. It was just nice. If you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, a, like, it's just like no other art form is like, okay. But like, I just like that. I, I like that experience. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's the, you know, there's a, a shorthand, isn't there? That if you are into this band, you've got to be kind of mostly okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, that being said, I've, um, at, at certain places, not necessarily applicable. But yeah. yeah but for Jeff. Uh, how, yeah, was, how was, how was, how was Ozzy, by the way? So Oz, right, because I've seen Ozzy a few times, actually, and uh, I saw him in London in 2012-ish, and uh, yeah. that was pretty good. Um, and he had a different guitarist, and, but this, uh, for a download, he had, he had uh, Zach Wilde. And uh, it, it's, it's nostalgically good, performance-wise, he, not it's He's fine. Not it, yeah, it's very much, are you ready? It is lack of enthusiasm. And like, in fact, there's, they do war pigs uh, and Zach Wilde does about a 13 minute guitar solo, which is, I'm, you know, I'm too old for that now. You know what I mean? Like, and like, <laughs> I, I just like, like, what's the point? And because uh, what, the reason he did that, so Ozzy can sit off stage and sit down for a bit. And I was like, oh, it's, it's fine. But like, just do a shorter set. And, like, it's, yeah, it's, just end, oh. end the gig earlier. Oh <laughs> yeah. my God. That's the other thing as well that you, that like is my big bugbear about gigs is the idea that in order for you to feel like you're getting value for money, it has to end at as close to the curfew as possible. Yeah. Um, and I, I, when was it? Five years ago, maybe I went and saw they might be giants and yeah. they came on stage at eight and they left at nine 30. And that is, Oh my God. Dream. No support on stage oh. at eight left at nine 30. You definitely get a show, you know, like that's, they're, they're giving you 90 minutes. They didn't have a break or anything. There's no yeah. interval, nothing just straight through 90 minutes. So you definitely feel like you're getting value for money for your, for your ticket. And then you're either on the, you know, not on the last train home, not on a train that's sort of, you know, crowded because it's all, all the people from the pubs kicking out mm-hmm. or you're in the, in the pub. It's a, it's a dream. You know what? Like, um, I, I absolutely love that point because I am, um... Uh, the last show I went to see live um, before lockdown was the Menzingers, and um, have oh, you yeah. heard of them before? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, before I went, I I liked them, but not. I didn't know them a lot, and it was, I bought the tickets, and then afterwards, on that day, I was like, oh, I can't bother because I had to drive all the way to Newcastle. I did go, and I got a parking space, and uh, and again, I was by myself, had a nice time. Uh, but the best thing about that gig was that I um I I don't really leave early, but as soon as as soon as they left the stage, I was I was the first into the car park and drive straight away. And uh, there was no absolutely no like traffic or anything because I was the first one out. And I, I, I loved that gig, but the best thing about that gig was leaving like just ahead of everyone else. Yeah, Whoa, yeah. what a what a what a what a rush! Oh, I I've never understood people who go to a gig and then they go, "Should we put our bags in the cloakroom?" Like, yeah, no. <laughs> I don't. What? Where are you? You know, you're not. It's not you're going to be doing laps of the place. Just stand with your bag between your feet like a human being and pick it up at the end and walk straight out of the venue don't don't have to you know like you don't want to have to during the encore go well i'll watch the encore from a queue over by the door just yeah get out uh, also, I remember going to see a Blink One Eight Two show in the stadium, and for the encore, there, there was like, they're doing all the small things, which a lot of there's a lot of drunk people who went there just to see this, and they left, like they went out to go and get beer during this song, and I was like, come on, mate, it's right at the end, you know what I mean? Like, I'll be like oh, they're gonna do like two more songs, and that's it. Just, just wait, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, but yeah. 
Um, anyway, yes, yeah, so sorry, we, 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 we could talk about this. This is like when I went to see the Manic Street Preachers as well, where they did, um, it was when they claimed they were about to um, sort of go away for a bit, like take a ret retire, which I think mm -hmm. lasted about three months before they came back. But um, they were playing all of their singles. There was, they were playing basically the National Treasures compilation, mm -hmm. which is all of their, all of their singles. And um, they very deliberately didn't play them in order because um there are definitely bits where they're like oh there's like a three you know it's like there's like three singles we released in in succession that were kind of stinkers that will just <laughs> it will just mean there's a mass exodus it was really yeah. funny like you had to be really on your metal you know oh is that the first chord of let robes and sing right rush to the toilets it's gonna be random <laughs> gotta go there now um yeah um Right, I th I think we should crack on because um, yes, I'm yes, absolutely yes. loving chatting to you just just about general music. But uh, let's see um, what we got in your fest. Let's go and set up camp. Hi, it's Matt Hoss here, and I hope you're enjoying the final episode of season one. It's been an absolute blast so far, and thank you for joining me on this journey. Just wanted to ask for a small favor: please give us a five star rating on your podcast app of choice. This helps people notice the podcast a little bit more, and it's really nice to see those lovely reviews. And on top of that, why don't you share it with friends and follow us at Castful Podcast on Twitter. And you can email us at castfulpodcast at gmail.com if you want to get in touch. Enjoy the rest of the episode. And thank you. About to drop some matters like I know I should But I just remember that I left it in the club I don't know how I'll get my high I take a look around and know I sigh But then my salvation, it comes through Cause I'm inhaling pure O2 Cause I'm going into the oxygen tank Cause I'm going into the that was actually quite disappointing. So let's find out some basic admin, which we love, about your festival. So what is the name of your festival, Matthew? Well, it's funny that you mention uh, Ozzy Osbourne because it would be churlish not to call it Crossfest. Crossfest. I mean, oh, it seems I love like that. it's 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 right there, isn't it? As long as yeah. as long as Ozzy doesn't slap me with a cease and desist, um, and I know I know obviously it's a little bit um, you know vainglorious to name a festival after yourself, but no. um, I don't know. All the money goes to charity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, um, here's the thing. I mean, you could say that about a festival, but a festival doesn't make any money for the first five years, does it? That's why yeah. so many new festivals spring up and then just disappear is because you've got to have a five-year plan. Mm -hmm. Like year six was where, where you start making your money. So in six years' time, those charities are going to get some ring <laughs> from Crossfest as long as Aussie's cool about it. In the meantime, you're going to have to invoice these charities to get that money coming in. You've got, you've got to get the credit. Yeah, that's, that's how you exactly. Do. They've got <laughs> you know, it's a bit of quid pro quo here. They've got to scratch my back first. See it as an investment. <laughs> I'm sorry, but th those helpful people are going to have to wait. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Crossfest. Oh, that's strong stuff right there. Um, Thanks, or man. monsters across. Um, but um, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, where have you? Do you know where geographically? Uh, in the world your festival is well i was thinking about this um because when i when you first said oh it's, it's all about festivals i was i was thinking like where do i know it's like a big expanse of green because mm -hmm. that's what it needs to be isn't it? it's like you know the llama tree gardens where they do 
the Llama Tree Festival or End of the Road or um, the Pig, Pig, Pig Park, is it Colton Park where they do? Yeah, Colton Park. Um, yeah, where they do the latitude like that. I thought that's, that's great. But then I thought, well, what's actually the festival I've enjoyed the most in terms of the camping? Uh, and it's all tomorrow's parties, which is, which is in a, um, uh, in a Pontins in Camber Sands. And it <laughs> makes, you know what? It makes perfect sense. You get, yeah. you've got, you've got stages, you've got two, you know, two rooms with stages on them because mm-hmm. it's a Pontins so and there's entertainment. Um, and everybody gets to stay in a chalet. So you've got a roof over your head. So it doesn't matter how bad the weather gets. I've been, mm-hmm. I went to an all tomorrow's parties one year when, it was snowing and ordinarily a festival in the snow it's not yeah. going to happen it's bad enough when it gets to like early september for end of the road festival and you know and the summer ends really quickly so i think i'm going to do i'm going to take that model i'm going to make it a, a, a you know an out of season so it's in butlin's mine head or it's yes. in pontins camber sounds one of those places maybe pontins camber sounds it's a little easier for me to drive to um and and then you know at the uh in the if it's if it's out of season but it's nice weather you know if it's like april or may when the weather's nice everyone gets to go to the beach during the day yeah you've got the beach right there yeah i think this is pretty good also if it's at a pontins or a, a, a similar kind of thing you can also franchise that out to different things you could do like a like a reading leads kind of thing so you can have like a like a yeah you could do it two, what, two different pontins at the same time <laughs> just pretty switch, rock and roll switching switching the bands over if they don't mind the drive yeah yeah that's very much how dave benson phillips operates now is that he basically just does gigs in pontins and, and butlins and just drives between the yeah. you know, the, the various places so yeah let's we'll, we'll take we'll take that model that sounds good um so uh how many days of the festival do you have uh, in your mind so far well i think with a with a festival like I like the festival that starts on the Thursday or the Friday. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I always think that's good. I mean, I know um, I've got friends who go to Glastonbury every year mm-hmm. and they are, they leave on the Tuesday morning. Oh, they, don't, yeah. they don't come back till the, till the basically late evening of the Monday. They take a, you know, they basically take a week off <laughs> to really stretch it out. I think definitely, definitely a Thursday um, because I, you know, if we're ever performing at Latitude as Pappies, arriving on the Thursday means you get a day when the festival site is kind of basically your own. You can just mm-hmm. do, you know, you can you can have it. It's like it's, you know, n- no one else is around. Maybe one or two bands play late at night, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. There's also quite a magical vibe around uh, the Thursday night because it's kind of like everyone's like everyone's quite fresh faced. Everyone's like most yeah. people just arrive that day and people are like, oh, it's a magical weekend, and it's like like over extracurricular stuff going on as well. Like you're just settling in and it's nice. And like you might have a couple of drinks that night. Who knows? Mystery. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the one thing you don't want to do, and this is this, the same applies for stag do's, is go so hard on the first yes. night yeah. that you write off the weekends. You know, yeah. you can get, because you're right, there is that sort of tingly um, sense of expectation and anticipation. And what you don't want to do is turn that into, well, you know, I'll do all the drugs now because I can buy more drugs, and then yeah, that's that's it. You know, you did you, you lose the you lose the entire weekend. So I think um, yeah, I think uh, a, a sort of uh, a responsible Thursday, responsible where people have a little <laughs> bit of time to you know to. It's a bit like Edinburgh. It'll be the the first and only time you cook in your chalet. 
Yeah. You know, you've bought a load of food. You've, 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 you've stopped off at the big uh, Tesco superstore on the way up there. Yeah. You've, you've, got, you've got loads and loads of food. You're like, well, I'll, I'll probably cook pasta every night. And then, of course, that just dis- that goes, you know. <laughs> You're in pie and master. And just- <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You might have a pot noodle yeah. like at 4 a.m. But no. So I think that's, that's it. You, the Thursday night, you know, you, maybe there's like a, I don't know, like a, like a late night acoustic set from one of the bands who's, who's already playing Ooh. and uh, you know, just v- very, very easy. No, no, no DJs late at night, you know, everything yeah. kind of basically is winding down around pub kicking out time. The other good thing about Butlins and Pontins is they have actual pubs. Okay. So here's another thing. Uh, I, I usually, I always like to ask about like food and booze at the festival as well, yes. but since you already have like a, like a bar set up. So uh, is there any kind of, uh, alcohol you would prefer to have here oh well tuborg is always the um yeah that's the festival of that's the, that's the um so much so they used to really make us laugh that they had on the side of their cans tuborg um liquid soundtrack that was how they described their drink yeah yeah what does it mean yeah. <laughs> liquid soundtrack <laughs> oh this is a lovely yeah. album yeah this sounds like what should have fail it doesn't make any <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at all but yeah i think I'm I'm totally up for also as well because that's you know if you are performing at a festival you're drinking whatever they're leaving in the backstage area you're not bringing your own booze onto the site you're you're constantly nipping back to the backstage area and taking that that booze for your own so I'll, I'll happily happily drink Tuborg um, I think no festival is complete without the miscellaneous bottle of you know the two liter bottle of some <laughs> something that like is being passed around all your friends where everyone's having a sip and you're going what's in this and they're like oh it's a little bit of rum it's a bit of tequila put some red bull in it as well just to keep us away you know it's, it's like it's it's a bit it's a bit like a kind of two liter version of the dirty pint oh but yeah, for some reason yeah. people just that's that's the way people operate on a, at a festival they don't go well i really like gin and tonic so i'll make a big gin and tonic they go well i'll put a little bit of everything in i'll make that thing it's always in the quite a crumpled two liter bottle with the, yeah. the label taken off it's 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 not the first time it's been used in this way has it like absolutely it, it, yeah yeah you're like oh, this is still, i found this you know this is wrapped up in the tent from last year this is actually yeah. still, <laughs> still in good condition oh brilliant stuff well i think it's time to head to the main festival i'm already pretty excited castable are you ready here we go Who is your opening act for CrossFest? Right. Well, again, basically what I'm doing here is I'm just describing an All Tomorrow's Party that I went to in 2001. <laughs> but it was curated yeah. by the band Shellac, mm-hmm. uh, which is Steve Albini's um, band. Uh, not just Steve Albini's band, it's Bob Weston and Todd Trainer as well. But, you know, you might, you might have heard of the, uh, Steve Albini's producer of like um, In Utero and, mm-hmm. you know, some, he's, he's a... He's a you know, a, a famous producer who also yeah. happens to be in a brilliant band. And the way they operated was because they were the curators of the festival, they wanted to make sure that everyone got to see them. So they performed every day at four o'clock. Yeah. The first band on, there were no other bands on any other stages. Every day, four o'clock, Shellac came on and did a set. And 
again, because it was indoors, it doesn't feel like four o'clock, you know, it's, you know, if you're outside, you know, at a, at a, at a summer festival outside, you've got to pick a band that's going to be summery and jangly and mm-hmm. get everyone in a good mood. If you're indoors, you don't have to worry about any of those things. <laughs> you don't have to worry about people's mood. You just go, yeah. this, is the, this is the first band who are performing. You're going to enjoy them. And um, I think that is, and as well, that they're a band, in fact, they're a band that I consider to be like very funny and entertaining on stage. They do mm-hmm. lots of kind of, I remember I took um, Ed Gamble to see them. Yeah. Played him some shellac he'd liked. And I said, oh, come and see them next time they play London. Cause they're great. They do like, they do like stage, loads of stage theatrics. Oh really? And well, here's <laughs> the thing. I think my idea of what stage theatrics are and what Ed, who is a metal fan's idea yeah. of stage theatrics, you know, I think he was assuming inflatable devils that were going to spring out of a box and like Eddie walking on stage and beheading yeah. somebody. They don't do any of that. It turns out it's just someone on a skateboard playing guitar. It was, it was, <laughs> I tell you what, actually, a skateboard would have been more, more theatrical than what you're acting. <laughs> but here's the thing. There's a song called wing walker they do where it's about a guy building a plane mm-hmm. and they pretend to be planes and sort of run around the stage pretending to be planes it sounds <laughs> shit it sounds fucking shit but it it's sounds really... like a gcsc project a drama it's... project yeah yeah it really does they sort of step step back from the microphones and scream the word plane and like <laughs> run around with their arms out like planes <laughs> it sounds like dog shit but when it's being done by like three miserable men it seems much more like ironic and, 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 and yeah. funny. And they normally end their set by dismantling Todd Trainer's drum kit while he's playing. Oh my so God. So he'll still be playing the final song. He'll be playing the drums and then he, he will, he'll, he'll carry on. They'll put away their guitars. They'll run back on. They'll just take a drum away. So he'll keep playing whatever he's doing, but incorporating the fact mm-hmm. that they've then taken a drum away, taking more bits away until eventually he's just got like, he's got these very, very high symbols. So he's just hitting the two, the two symbols. And then, you know, um, Steve will take one of the symbols away. And he's just hitting one symbol, one symbol, one yeah. symbol. Um, and then they will pick Todd up and carry Todd off stage, you know, and he'll still be playing the symbol and then they'll oh come God. on and bring the chair. So they'll have packed up basically. They'll have done their get out in front of the audience. That's, and that's, that's, that you're economizing time there. They'll be great in the end of fringe. You know what I mean? Well, it, get you out. know what? It's very important at the festival. You've got to have a speedy turnaround, yeah. you know, yeah. you've got to have that, that flip it around. So I think, I think every day, four o'clock, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Shalaka oh. playing, Shalaka so, playing for an hour. So that's a strong, like not only are they doing playing once, playing three times as well. And uh, yeah, and they've got they've got the songs. I reckon. I mean, as long yeah. as you like, as long as you like shellac songs, <laughs> they don't not. they don't do covers. There's no, you know, they don't do, they don't do uh, you know, uh, uh, night swimming or anything like that. They, yeah. They're definitely going to play a bunch of shellac songs. But um, you know, what? Yeah. I really um, I I did a little bit of uh, prep on shellac, and I really uh, yeah, it was it was quite a interesting delve really because like they're kind of like kind of indie rock but with a quite a metallic and heavy edge at times like Hannah it kind of catches you off guard a little bit as well like uh, uh, but there's also that kind of min- minimalism there um where when you mentioned taking the drummer kit apart I can see that happening as well like it, it feels like it has that kind of uh, fluidity to it as well yeah I mean they are um because Steve Albini I think his the way he approaches music is he doesn't call himself a producer. I think he, he always says like recorded by Steve mm-hmm. Albini as opposed to produced by Steve Albini. Cause what he wants to do is to make a band sound as much like the band as possible. 
rather than you know that, that's what he, that's I think that's why people get Steve Albini to produce their records and I think that's what I like about seeing them live is it feels like it's a three-piece you know it's a guitarist um it's a bassist and a drummer and they just sound like three musicians playing together rather mm-hmm. than you know and I, I and that's that's definitely what I what I like about them yeah I'm brilliant I just think they're they just think they're a brilliant band and they're one of those bands that like I I'm pretty sure that even if it's not the sort of music you're into, you'd enjoy seeing them. They're just a very mm-hmm. entertaining, you know, I told you about the planes thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm sold. You know what I mean? Who doesn't want to see that? And we're actually going to finish the podcast by doing, uh, we'll, 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 we'll run it. around. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think we should genuinely do that. I'm happy to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really like having like a, not a resident band, but a band who is consistently there over the three days and you get to see how they change. And uh, I, I really like that aspect. Uh, Okay, so after Shellac on the first day, who have we got after that? Right, I am going to, I'm, I'm going to pick this band because I think they are a great kind of get the party started band. I know I said you know, Shellac are kicking things off, <laughs> but but I, I you know you can't have you can't have all wall to wall math rock for the entire weekend. Yeah. So I've picked this band because I think they are a great they're they're a good festival band because they're a covers band and that is me first in the gimme gimmies and do you know yes, those guys and i do yeah, yeah mike yeah. from no effects it's his yeah sort of side project band and they are the kind of perfect band they do, they do punk rock covers of just just general general songs like yeah. chart songs songs that everybody would know and everyone know the words to so yeah i think that's like so even if you're thinking well okay right we've had to watch <laughs> three old blokes <laughs> pretend to be playing and then dismantle a drum kit which Crosby apparently thinks is theatrics <laughs> then at least you get oh now they're doing now they're doing Total Eclipse of the Sun or, sorry Total Eclipse of the Heart even yeah. you know um, or, or um, I, I believe I can fly exactly yeah 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 I mean not necessarily that anymore but um, yeah for sure sure, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Th- that kind of thing yeah but yeah I think uh, yeah I am um, they you know what i they're a band i haven't thought about for years but now you mention it like oh i you know something something like that is first as you say quite lively secondly like um people it's very accessible so like even if you've never heard of them before it's songs you can get on board with you know what i mean you can have a nice time with me first and gimme gimme i think so yeah i think it's a it's a really upbeat um and and a nice sort of counterpoint to shellac who are not a <laughs> they're not a hits band um, it's so weird that like everything you're saying after shellac now is like right we've had shellac but we're gonna have some fun now okay like uh, <laughs> i have to have shellac on the bill i just can't like they're one of those bands that every time they come to london with the ex- unfortunately with the exception of the last time they came but that was because i just had a baby and i'm sure they'd understand yeah. but they're one of those bands if i look back on how many times i've seen them i mean like the first time i saw them was at this all tomorrow's parties mm. and uh you know, I'd never seen them on Thursday. By Sunday, I'd seen them four times. Yeah, they're already. I think they were already the band I'd seen more than any other band <laughs> by by the end of the weekend. And that's that's kind of kept uh, that's kind of kept up. Um, but yes, so we'll. Ha- you're getting them whether you want them or not. That's happening, and then we get me first in the gimme gimme to sort of you know put a smile on your face if you didn't enjoy. Show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's and, wrong with you? Why wouldn't you? 
the way that you said it there it kind of sounds like if you don't go and see Sherlock, you're gonna have to pay a fine. You know what I mean? Like if you, go, oh, you have to leave, it's mandatory. Yeah, <laughs> mandatory. yeah. <laughs> everything else, like it's you know, it's very, um, it's very Woodstock. It's very free love. It's you know, whatever you want to do, guys, that's fine. No judgment, except for the <laughs> one hour a day, which is the mandatory. It's it's a bit like prison. It's like you know, you've got to do, you've got to spend an hour a day in the yard, and that is. That's shellac. Yeah, it's very, very liberal. Do what you want. But just for that hour, very fascist. You know, everyone in the exactly, same room. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. For, for, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a fascist it. dictatorship for one hour a day. <laughs> With airplanes. What more could you want? I, I don't know. Yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm already enjoying this so far. And uh, there's a lot of energy going on. Uh, so who have you got after me first? Right. Um, after me first and the Gimme Gimmies, I'm going to put on another band who I think are phenomenally entertaining and i would say this is a band that is closer to theatrics than shellac and that is les savvy fav oh so, yeah. brilliant yes so, so they they're a band from new york who i don't think are really a proposition anymore so it would be you know getting to see a band that i loved and saw a bunch of times mm-hmm. um but haven't seen for for years and um, i think i think two or three of them are now um seth meyer's band on his on his show oh really i think so yeah um but uh yeah so i, I would be I, I'd, I'd love to see them and, and what i like about what i like about them is tim harrington is the lead singer mm-hmm. this big guy with a massive like henry the eighth beard it's like a big bald guy and he is oh god how am i gonna get again when you start talking about it in the abstract it sounds appalling i'll tell you like I saw them in Barcelona at Primavera a few years ago. We get to the stage, we're waiting for the band to come on. And there's this big, like enormous kind of shag pile type <laughs> rug in the middle of the stage. It looks I mean, a little bit like, like, you know, the dog from the front cover of Beck's Odelay album, the jumping <laughs> dog with long kind of, yeah, yeah, with yeah, like yeah, long yeah, yeah. white dreadlocks. It looked like that. It was like one of those kind of rugs <laughs> made up of like ropes of, <laughs> Anyways, that's on the, in the middle of the stage. <clears throat> and then the band come on and they start, they start playing and um, they, uh, the, the opening song is started. I think it was The Sweat Descends. I think that's the song they were playing. And they're playing it. And I'm like, right, okay. Any second now, we're going to see Tim. He's going to come out on stage and sing the song. Nothing. He's not playing. And the band is just working through oh the, the intro. And then suddenly the rug leaps up. Oh, my God. And he's been, and like, you can't tell it's him, except for the fact <laughs> he, then grabs a, he then grabs a microphone and put, puts it to what you imagine is his face. Yeah. And sings the song. But he has been on stage for like an hour. Oh my God. Like, That's so like performance the, art. It is like performance art. So whenever the, the last band finished, which I didn't see, <laughs> he came on, lay down and just lay there still in like the Barcelona heat in a huge rug <laughs> that he's kind of made, made to look like a sort of, It'll make it look like a rug and he leaps up and he's suddenly this sort of weird kind of sort of weird creature. It was, it was bizarre. And like, he's very good at like, he's very, he, he's very good at kind of creating moments and improvising things. Like um, I remember he, he, every venue I've seen, he's tried to crawl up every surface and, you know, like yes. to, oh. get, get to the ceiling and stuff like that. And there's always the going out through the audience. Um, he's always wearing a different costume and that will sort of somehow inform what he's going to do. So like, I remember he performed in like kind of Taekwondo gear once. 
and he fought the audience. Well, it sort of was a bit like that. Like he got out into the audience, and he was, and then like people were like leading the mic over their heads so that he could do it, and like walked over the bar and stuff, and you know, and and then it, he's like he's he's just a really good example of like how to be the life and soul of the party while still making it work. Like he also runs the merch stall at his gigs. Oh wow! Sells them, you know, and, and sells them in a really kind of theatrical way. Um, he, um, I, I remember seeing. He's a change, bam! <laughs> yes, that's exactly what he does. He goes, pow, there's your CD, there's your change, bam, pow, this, this kind of stuff. And um, I remember seeing them being supported by the Hold Steady, the first time I'd ever seen the Hold Steady, who, of course, will be on later on. But um, yeah, yeah, he, he was in the audience for the Hold Steady, like really dancing, and not in a kind of way, like all of this makes it seem like he's a show-off and wants people to look at him. He's not, he's a person who gets a party started. He's like a Lord mm-hmm. of Misrule, he gets things going. And I think that's what I like about, you know, so again, we've got, we've had me first in the Gimme Gimmies. Now we've got Tim Harrington, who's going to be creating something like brilliant songs. They're, all their albums are amazing. Inches is the, like a compilation of all their mm-hmm. sort of singles they put out, which is great. But they are a band that are even better alive because they're a proper sort of Yeah. Event. And I think that's, there's always a, a kind of, there's always a kind of a distortion sometimes between bands uh when yeah, we listen to them and see them live sometimes it can like if you see them live you're like oh my god that's amazing uh, and it's you, you sometimes it might be that you might enjoy it less some might enjoy it more as the sure. studio stuff um because i remember seeing smashing pumpkins and seeing them uh their studio stuff was better than their live stuff uh but i saw them a bit of a dodgy tour but um but also there's other, other bands where it's, it's vice versa but like it it's nice when it's not necessarily the same but certainly it's it's like i enjoy the studio of certain things but also i like the live version for different reasons yeah well. it's it, it's yeah. an it's an elevation of what they're what they're already doing so if you like i mean if you don't know them then you're going to be you're still again it's another one of those bands if you don't know i think you're going to be entertained by what they do on stage but if you do know mm-hmm. them it takes it onto a new level he's very good at, at messing around on stage without without it ever really feeling to the detriment of the song yeah absolutely so i think Next time I'm uh, next time I'm doing doing a gig like just like a like a, even if it's like a, a shitty open mic or something like that I'm gonna be on the stage the whole time and uh, if uh, if I'm headlining I'm like whoa yeah I did it yeah and oh, there was then, then you know what there was a guy who is way before your time and I'm gonna not remember his name now <laughs> but he was an Italian guy very strange very physical Italian guy who was an open spot comic when I was an open spot comic yeah and he would do stuff like that and it was always a total disaster because he'd do do spot gigs he he performed once at the what used to be the comedy brew house is now angel comedy yeah by kind of angel tube um and he was so he was on in the second section (laughs) and second section of of an open spot gig could be 15 acts you know it could be but he we knew he was on in the second section and he climbed out of the window so he was out so like in the break he climbed out of the window and sat on the window ledge but like the audience couldn't see this they'd all gone downstairs didn't know this was happening so when he was announced to the stage he leapt in through the window and he'd taken off all of his clothes apart from a he was wearing a towel around his waist and he put shaving foam around his face as if he was like as if he'd come from his bathroom (laughs) which is sort of conceptually quite a sort of fun idea but because he, like, because he was, you know, he heard his name, he leapt through, 
he hadn't sort of planned his entrance. He just landed on a table with like covered in people's drinks. Oh my knocked God. Him over. People didn't know, what, you know, like people were screaming. People didn't know what, what the hell was going on. I think it's, you know, the, the, the big entrance is only something you can do in a big ish venue. You know, you can't, you yeah, can't yeah, do it in a 40 seat. <laughs> and that's it. And then uh, I think I was at the gig and I saw him then try to be a plane for half an hour. It was a bit, <laughs> bit, bit weird. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was, yeah, you know, you had to be there, I guess. You had to be yeah, there. no, but like, and especially open mic, sometimes the concepts don't match up to the skill necessarily. You've- 100%. Yeah. Where, where, oh, I'll tell you who's going to come on next. Yes. But, um, only just to tell you that I've, I wasn't there for this gig, but I'd love to have seen it. The next band is a band called Oxes. Who again, one of my instrumental bands, three piece, brilliant. Oxes are a band, uh, again, a, a band I love mm-hmm. and have seen them a bunch of times live. And they uh, did a gig with the Savvy Fav once. And I can't remember who was on first or who was on second because I wasn't at the gig. All I know is that there was no, there was, it was seamless between their two sets. Oh, they, that's so cool. The last song that, say, the Savvy Fav played was the first song that Oxes played. They came on and like, and with the same instruments as well. Uh-huh. So they like, like, so like the guitarist of the Savvy Fab is playing and then the guitarist of Oxus comes in and starts playing on the same thing and takes the strap off and puts it over his neck. And, and I just want to see that really. Yeah. That, two oh, bands, two yeah. bands to a seamless transition into. Oh, uh, it's, it's cool. Oh, like, you know what? Like, I like with your festival, there's a lot of high, con- not high concept as in like jump through a window, but there's a high concept of like a, a lot of really nice touches here. Like, uh, the word like, you're looking for is theatrics. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of theatrics is what there is. Oh uh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of like that, uh, but it's not, it's not too much. It's not like a, as you say, like a metal festival. If, yeah. I mean, like uh, there's a guillotine on stage or anything, but it's, it's some nice touches and, uh, and there's, yeah, I think it adds to the cohesion of the festival and its themes. You know what I mean? I think. It's I hope so. Yeah. yeah. So with Oxes, you say they are instrumental. Yes, they're an instrumental band. It's one of those things where there are, there are a few instrumental bands that I really like. That I just like them because of the mood. Like Mogwai is a good example. I love Mogwai. Yeah. But truth be told, I couldn't really. I know the names of the songs, but if someone said, you know, sing a bit of Mogwai Fear Satan, I'd be like, ah. Oh, I'm sure I know it sort of I know it if I heard it whereas because Oxys are a bit like a big kind of like they, they they big kind of riffy like almost mm-hmm. like metal riffs they're, again they're, they're another kind of math rock band but um I, I think I probably could sing along with the entirety of the Oxys album the one that's that's Oxys with three X's mm-hmm. um or two X's um I could sing along with that whole album just the guitar parts yeah, and that's 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 pretty rare. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put them on, but um, I appreciate that you know not for everybody. So maybe uh, maybe stick them on for half an hour or so. Yeah, you know, basically, I, I, all I want is the first the crossover. Yeah. The crossover, yeah. yeah. Um, um, okay, so how many acts have you got left on your Friday as well? Uh, let's. I tell you what, I'm gonna move. I'm gonna, because otherwise, I, I feel like at the speed we're going, we're not gonna get through the rest of the festival. So I, a, yeah. few, a few. I think we will. Let's say some of the act sets went too long and they got bumped, and we'll go straight to the headliner for Friday. So Friday headliner. Friday headliner. I'm gonna say a band I've never seen, but I would love to have seen, is Talking Heads. Oh, hello. And again, yeah. You know, like if you look at the Stop Making Sense uh, film, I don't know if you've ever seen the concert film Stop Making Sense that Jonathan no. Demi made. But that is another thing. It's almost, you know, in many ways, it's almost the opposite of the end of a shellac set in that they, it starts with David Byrne walks on with a, with a 
kind of boombox yeah. and plays a little beat and he plays the guitar along to that then uh, so they do psycho killer then tina weymouth joins him to to play bass on heaven and then um uh chris franz comes on and, and then eventually like basically they, they, they build the band mm-hmm. song by song until i think there's 18 people on stage and i think oh my god that's the sort of you know if they were doing that set the sort of stop making sense concert film set, okay yeah that would be an amazing Friday night. And again, you know, it's, um, you know, it's the, like, it's the eighties, it's New York, it's uh, hedonistic. And I think the Friday night at a festival is allowed to be hedonistic. Yeah. Even if you know, at the end of it, you're going back to sleep in a chalet, <laughs> you know, yeah. you can still feel like. Good night, Pontins. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, you can still feel like it's going to be a, a big, a big. Yeah. And also as well, they're another one of those bands that they've got some, They've got some songs, you know, they really have. When I saw, because I saw David Byrne, shit, what's the name of that tour? The last tour he did. I want to say American Interiors, but that's not it. It was David Byrne, American Utopia. American Utopia, that's it. Yeah. American Interiors was that Gruff Reese thing he did about having um, his ancestors traveling through South America. Okay. But, um, which was all, yeah. Yeah, there you go, that's, that's for the Sunday night. Um, <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, yeah, so like when he did his American Interiors tour, he did songs from his entire career you know he did all the way through uh talking heads and his his solo stuff and even did lazy and he's just got so many amazing songs and is very good at he's a very good live interpreter of his own material mm-hmm. you know he does a he does a, one of the songs um naive melody this must be the place in the stop making sense video he sings it to a lamp so he's got this sort of standard lamp that he dances yeah. sort of with and again, it's, it sounds naff and old musical, but when you watch it, <laughs> you know, him like singing into it and like dropping it down and catching it and dropping it down and catching it and running and stuff. And, you know, it feels, it's, yeah, he's, he's able to do very weird and avanti kind of stuff, but also make it seem really heartfelt and not arch at all. Tell you what, I would love to see um, that trope like dancing with a lamp but in different like 80s music videos like imagine like dancing in the dark like instead of pulling like uh um uh, Cox. yeah yeah, yeah. Bring on stage, <laughs> just bring a little lamp on stage yeah i think <laughs> yeah I think, you know most bands should have a lamp yeah talking heads i i've got to be honest i've never i know i know them and uh yeah. and i obviously know psycho killer uh but Beyond that, I, I haven't really explored them. So, uh, but I've listened to them, and uh, they there's a lot of experimental kind of eighty sounds. Uh, and I've uh, from my research, I they did a lot of albums in a short space of time as well. I think it was like eleven, uh, ten albums in like eleven years, which is really that's yeah, that's yeah, high, yeah, yeah, high watermark. Uh, so, what about Talking Heads? Are you drawn to? They are again something about the the. Angular guitar riffs, I really enjoy that. I think his he, lyrically, he's really interesting and, and, and inventive. And you know, there there are they they felt like you know for the nineteen seventies and even even still like a very modern band. They were kind of preoccupied with modern things, yeah. Rather than being um, rather than singing about love, they would sooner sing about shopping centres. Yeah, you know, and they I think they're second album is called more songs about buildings and food yeah that that sort of is the kind of you know there's a great song called found a job which is them talking about it's 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 a story of a married couple who decide to sort of start their own television network 
and I just like I like lyrically what what's he's he's about but at the same time it's not you know it's not like it's not arch or ironic to hold something at a distance it's arch and ironic to kind of discover a greater truth about that subject like yeah. you know the love song you sing into a lamp is a genuinely beautiful song mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel like he's being you know it doesn't feel like he's yeah. putting emotional distance between himself and the lyrics if anything he's sort of throwing himself into it further yeah okay um yeah i think uh, so you mentioned some albums there but if you had to pick one album for me someone who is looking to get into talking heads which album would you pick oh fear of music is a amazing record yeah and it's also i think it's it's uh it, it, they, they they really got into kind of i don't even know if this is the right term anymore but world music i guess yes yeah sort of uh like kind of Afrobeat sounds, I guess you'd describe some of the things they were, they were working with there. So it's, it takes them from being a kind of post-punk new wave band into being a sort of a really kind of in, inventive and weird and musically distinct kind of outfit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Fear of Music is great. But there's no, there's no duff ones, really. I mean, they just, you know, even their later stuff is really good that album naked is amazing um there's a film called true stories that that david byrne made they did they did a soundtrack album to that where they recorded all of the songs oh cool Great. um but yeah start with fear of music and uh, and then go from there and then of course their first album 1977 or talking Dead 77 that's um that's pretty good as well brilliant well i think we should um um Go, uh, go, go back to the chalet, get some rest, and uh, and wake up for Saturday. Um, oh, we've we've gone to see the Shalak set. It's really good. Um, they did the same thing, but with different songs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they did the same thing again. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, they had a lamp this time, which was just good. But so we're, we're on our Saturday. Um, who is the first band of Saturday? Okay, first band of Saturday is um, Liz Fair. Oh, and stuff. yeah, yeah, and Liz Fair is a really interesting and brilliant and again like the last time i saw in fact the only time i've I've seen her i never i never saw her when i was into her in the 90s i was Mm -hmm. um you know i i i think her first album came out in 1993 yeah i must have bought it around 94 95 um those first two records exile in guyville and whip smart just brilliant brilliant albums and i loved her stuff so much and she she then went on to make kind of more commercially sounding records that I don't like as much. And that's sort of fine. Like, obviously that's, you know, we've all got to make money and stuff, but those first two records are just, just absolute masterworks. They're really amazing. And it's interesting as well, because I went to see her at, it was, it was again, somewhere somewhere near Angel this uh, last year. And I had never seen her before. And the audience was kind of my age ish mm-hmm. uh, i would say maybe my age and a little bit older and there was definitely you could tell you could see that thing it was a bit like when somebody goes here's one for my new album and everyone sits down yeah you know um <laughs> yeah. but she played a bunch of songs from her sort of post matador mm-hmm. uh, uh post matador sort of uh first two albums and you could see the audience were like Really, because we're all excited to see Liz Fair, but just not quite as excited as when she plays stuff off those first two records, especially yeah. the first record. People were going berserk, and so I might say, I might say, sort of 
Liz Fair, 1995 era Liz Fair. Yeah. I know you're allowed, you're allowed sort of concessions. Absolutely. I'm going to say we're going to, we're going to get a, you know, a, 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 a time machine and bring Liz Fair back. I'm not going to bring the Liz Fair of 2020 mm-hmm. and say, you can't play any of the new stuff, mate. Because, that's yeah. not fair. you know, we all want it. We want yeah. to do the new stuff. Uh, we're all excited about by the new stuff. But I think a, so, yeah. a, girly, a girly sound, Exile and Guyville era set from her would mm-hmm. be amazing. It would be out this world. Again, yeah. another, one these, another one of those, I, I was so excited about seeing her. I had, I had no one I knew who I wanted to go with because no one I knew liked her as much as I did. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I mean, it was like, I could have said to somebody, hey, listen to this record. And if you like it, come with me to the gig. But I didn't yeah. want that to be the case because she's someone I've loved since I was sort of 14 or 15. And it's hard to have that in place as well, just before a couple of weeks before a gig as well. It's yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, that, that Get whole... into as much as I'm into her now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. Um, have all my emotional baggage and enjoy it. Please. Exactly, uh, yeah. But um, what And you... then she came on stage and she did... Um, Six Feet One as a as a opening track, I think, and then and that was the opening track of the of the uh, her first album, Exile in Guyville, mm-hmm. and immediately just I burst into tears and I was like, oh, it's oh, so man. good that I didn't bring anyone to this yeah. because yeah. I was there's no way of you know just hearing three chords being yeah. played and going boom, I'm 15 yeah. again. It's, it's, it, yeah, it's, it was amazing. It's weird how I put you into that mindset as well. Like uh, uh, to my sins, I, I was a mass, I'm a I, as a teenager, I was a massive fan of Born in the Soup, and uh, and you know, like uh, they've <laughs> they've certainly not aged greatly. Uh, but as a teenager, massively loved them. Uh, and yeah. but so, but if I was to listen to their songs now, instantly back in that kind of idea, like yeah, all the that kind of teenage angst and kind of the, the awkwardness, and yeah, it's kind of but there's also playfulness there. So I also I have a place in my heart for those things as well. But like uh, yeah, yeah. But, I don't think um, it's entirely healthy to live your entire, like, you know, I, I know people who are kind of almost live a little bit too much of like, oh, I never got any better than, you know, the time I was at uni or that kind of thing. And you go, mm-hmm. well, that's not a great mindset because <laughs> you've got, you've had a lot of life since then and you've hopefully got a lot of life ahead of you. You know, if you, if you write everything off at the age of 21, you can, mm-hmm. you know, you're in trouble. But I think a little bit of healthy nostalgia once in a while is, mm-hmm. is always a good thing. And also like, like, there are bands I used to listen to that I can get that experience from that bowling for soup experience where I listen back to them and go, yeah, I could completely remember why I liked this at the time. If this came around now, I probably wouldn't. Yeah, absolutely. But, but yeah. I think Liz Fair, I, I think if I heard, you know, girls, 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 or, or one of those songs or gun shy or anything like that, mesmerizing. If I heard that on like six music, if it was, you know, it was on their playlist, I think I'd like it every bit as much. Who knows? Oh. I hope so. What I like so far about your festival, it's very, uh, very nineties, well, eighties, nineties vibe. If you know what I mean. And Liz Fair, I, I listened to her today, and she has a lot of that authentic nineties sound as well. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She was, yeah, she was a sort of on the, I guess, the Chicago scene of the nineties, and she released this girly sounds tape that that everybody loved. It has a lot of the songs that became Exile in Guyville, but it does sound like the nineties. So again, it's, you know, that's, that's a lot of these bands will be, I'm trying to I'm just looking through the, the bands. Yeah. I mean, I guess talking heads are seventies, eighties, but they're a band I listened to a lot in, in the nineties. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah better, just better quickly add Stormzy or someone to make it seem <laughs> not completely I'm living relevant. in the past. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You go quick, uh, like halfway through, like, right. 
Somsy, can you come to Pontins, please? We need you yeah. ASAP, mate. I've just suddenly. Well, I, I, I it's, it's funny. I, um, you, you, you don't really look. You don't really think of yourself as being the age you are. I went to see Blur a few years ago on the Magic Whip tour. In the, in, the, in fact, it was, it was a, it was a fan club only gig um, that uh, we got tickets to. That's amazing. It's a real, it's a real clang because uh, Dave Roundtree came on to do the election special of the last. And because mm. he's a Labour, you know, is heavily involved in the Labour Party, Labour councillor. And uh, he said, oh, we're doing a gig. We were doing a few warm up dates. We'll send you the warm up dates. And if you can do any of them. And to me and Josh and Pappy's went and saw them in Wolverhampton in a venue that Tom and Ben used to play. Like, a, again, tiny little venue seeing Blur, which is so exciting for, you yeah, know, if, so you're, exciting. if you're, you know, the age I am, Blur was such a big, you know, part of my, of my growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, when I when I got there, I was like, "Oh right!" I just assumed because it was fan club only that everybody else here would be sixteen-year-old girls in Adidas tops, and we'd be the oldest people here. But of course, we are. Yeah, you are. Everybody here is is you know is between the ages of thirty and fifty because mm-hmm. that's the age you would be if you were into Blur, sort yeah. of first first time around. All of the sixteen-year-old girls in Adidas tops are still here, but they're just not sixteen-year-old girls in Adidas tops. There, you know, we've all got kids now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, I think we should. Um, are you happy if we make your festival? Uh, if we do, if we finish make it Saturdays. two days. Yeah, make it two days. Yeah, you know what? Let's let's make it. Let's make it two days. Yeah. So we we've made it. Um, sorry, Storms, you can't come anymore. Yes. After after Liz Fair, who have you got on your second? Day? Right. So it's going to be. It's going to be a, like Liz Fair into Team Dresh. Now, Team Dresh. Yes. Another. I yeah, don't know if you did, you. did you know? I, I sent you the Team Dresh before. Yeah. yeah. So I, I got uh, Team Dresh as some prep and I didn't hear of them before. But wow, really? Like, re- you know, some people, when they send me stuff, I, I, I can see why they like it. And I do enjoy it. But with Team Dresh, I was like, yes, love it. Great stuff. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. kind of in Matt Hoss' uh, wheelhouse right there. Well, like, they're, 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 they're one of those bands that um, I knew. Yeah, you know, God, again, it's impossible not. The thing about being of, of a certain age, it's impossible not to sound that age. But back in the day, when hearing one song by a band was as much of a band as you were going to get, if that was the yeah. only thing that was out there, they had um, they had a song on um, one of the Kill Rock Stars compilations, and me and my friends loved it. We we're like, "This is a, what a brilliant band!" But I had no way of finding out anything more about them you know they didn't yeah. have a website or anything like that there was no spotify there was no youtube none of that kind of thing um but then they ended up supporting uh bikini kill at the garage uh, in cool. highbury so that was amazing so so it was like it was um a band called savage malignant who bizarrely enough rode skateboards on stage so they skated <laughs> on stage and played guitar <laughs> you know oh, crossby you have a very very limited uh, <laughs> yeah. wheelhouse of taste there <laughs> I'll only go and see. I'll only go and see bands that are on wheels. Sorry, Blur. I'm. I'm. I know I'm part of the fan club, but I'm really sorry. I can't. Unless yeah. you. Unless you get on the wheel. Uh, escape skateboard. I'm out of here, mate. If Alex James can put on some rollerblades, then maybe we can talk. <laughs> but I'm afraid I'm leaving this gig. But so Savage Malignant, Bis, Team Dresh, and Bikini Kill. Yeah. And Team Dresh were amazing, and I didn't know anything about them, but they are a. They're a lesbian punk band, mm-hmm. and. From that show, I bought. I definitely bought their first album, Personal Best, at that show. Mm-hmm. Took it home, loved it. Just think it's an amazing record. Then 
I either bought the I either bought both records that show or I then went to a you know my, my local record shop and was like please can you find the second record and they I just I think they're two again two and out two albums nothing mm-hmm. else and just complete total classic total classic kind of kind of riot girly punk like yeah. It's it's just a, a astounding piece of work. Quite nice to hear, especially from the '90s, that kind of that non-hetero point of view, and also these yeah. uh, uh, lovely uh, kind of uh, like intimate lyrics uh, as well. Not, it's, I don't mean intimate in, in a sexual way, but just genuinely like that. I remember listening to one. Uh, it's like uh, my girlfriend who um, holds me whilst I cry myself to sleep. And I was like, wow, okay. Like, yeah, I mean, like, uh, um, yeah. And I was on a skateboard and whirled away. Uh, but like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was just it was genuinely. Yeah, I don't know. It was, it was nice to have that. But also with that kind of with that kind of intimacy uh, in their lyrics, but they also have uh, like occasional, a bit of a metal edge as well. I remember listening, the first song I listened to, like it had that punk sound and then just a metal edge to it. Like, yeah, oh, it's okay. got the um, like, the first song on, on, on Personal Best. It's yeah. got that proper kind of like howling, spooky <laughs> vocals. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and there's like, you know, there's a lot of tenderness and a lot of sweetness in their, in their music, but also anger and mm-hmm. aggression. And, you know, like one of those songs is called Hate the Christian Right. So it's like politicized, yeah. you know, politicized punk rock. All of the things I like about the next person who's going to come on stage, yeah. which is Jeff Rosenstock. Yes! So, cool. I mean, it was only yeah. a matter of time, wasn't it? Yeah. But, um, oh my God. So we have talked about Jeff Rosenstock earlier in this podcast, and uh, it's for me to say that I think, uh, like, we kind of talked about how much uh, he means to you and how much uh, it, that he kind of created that new... Um, lust for music in a like a modern age as well but like yeah um for me like uh i just found jeff rosen got to be like just instantly wonderful as well like uh not only is his is the melody and music great but the, the uh, I, I found with his lyrics that uh, every time you listen to the album you it gets like a, it's like the great gatsby every time you listen to it or engage with it you get another layer of meaning beyond it as well and i think uh, uh yeah it's wonderful stuff yeah and i think again like i i would happily like he, Worry is my favorite record, but I'd happily have modern day touring the current album, uh, No Dream, yeah. uh, Jeff Rosenstock playing because he, he plays stuff from all of his records and mixtapes. He plays all of, you know, th- a, a proper cross section. Um, mm-hmm. And he doesn't really have a song I don't love. And I mean, yeah, love, yeah. I don't mean like, you know, it's not like there are bands that go like, oh, I like all of your songs. This every one of his songs I really, really love. And it was mad <laughs> to discover him because he, he's, the older you get, the, the 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 fewer and further between those instances are and i remember so keenly i was again again this is the the, the modern experience of, of music of of a comedian called adam larter who's the head of the weirdos collective mm-hmm. tweeted um already my album of the year is jeff rosenstock and i I'd seen Adam at a bunch of gigs I'd been to. So I'd, I'd, it was like, every, I don't, don't know him. We're not mates, mm-hmm. but we know each other enough that we ended up at gig, at music gigs where we'd be like, oh, you're Adam Lata. Yeah. We chat about, you know, or, you know, mm-hmm. we'd both been to see Built to, Built to Spill at the same oh, gig, cool. but not together. But yeah. um, so, so I was like, oh, right. Well, Adam basically likes all of the bands that I like. Mm-hmm. So let's have a listen to this. And I was on the bus coming home from a gig and I just couldn't believe it. Just like you know normally when someone recommends a record to you you listen to it yeah. And go, oh yeah i reckon four listens time i'll like this but now it's a, a bit yeah. of work it was immediate and instantaneous and i couldn't you know like and i 
when I saw them at the Fighting Cocks, my wife said it was really funny to watch me because, in fact, I tell you, I've been to see, I've seen, I've seen them with James Acaster, mm-hmm. uh, Jeff Rose's Doc Man. I've seen them with Ed Gamble. I've seen them with my wife, and all of them have said the same thing or variations on the same thing, which is it's like taking my son to a gig. Yeah, and but I, I know exactly that feeling, uh, and it's the the wide eyed look. And like as soon as I saw him come on stage and perform, like my like it was like it was like uh, that teenage fangirl moment as well. I was like, oh yeah. my god! Like yeah, and like I haven't felt like that for ages. And to be honest, like um yeah, I I remember uh, the reason I found out about Jeff uh, was uh, through your recommendation. Uh, it was on a uh, John Robbins podcast, uh, uh, Alice James and John Robbins podcast, and uh, you did um keep a session session and I, I first listened to it I was like yeah, I, it, um, it was like, yeah I'll, you know I might check this out but as soon as I listened to the album I was like holy shit oh my god like nothing got me as so fast as that record yeah and I've, exactly this exactly the same way and I think there's something about obviously the opening track is amazing which is I think the song that I've played on the keep yeah. session session which is to explode yeah and um but it's actually not necessarily indicative of the rest of his output no um, no but the re- and, and and the album itself is you know it's a real kind of musical grab bag isn't it there's there's you know there's 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 proper kind of speed punk, punk on it yeah and there's 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 scar and there's kind of folk songs and mm-hmm. there's there's you know like a piano it opens with a piano ballet so it's really yeah d- disparate and and different and you know there's, like a, there's a song that he wrote for it yeah absolutely yeah and it's a song he wrote for a, a musical as well um so it's like it's 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 just that, that, I mean, that, that last that last five tracks that mm-hmm. you know the yeah the Abbey Road yeah, yeah. side of, of running all the songs together. It's I mean it's 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 just so exciting and, and energizing and and it makes you feel young. And I think this Jeff's like thirty seven, so he's like mm-hmm. a similar ish age to me. Yeah, but um, there's something about that music that makes me it makes me feel young, but it also is incredible. It, it's not a nostalgic. It's not a nostalgia. Yeah. It's not a feeling of nostalgia. It's a nostalgic feeling. It's a feeling yeah. I haven't had for a long time. You mm-hmm. know, because uh, if I go and see a band, it's a band I either really like their new record, but mm-hmm. I just want to go go out and see a band, or I, I, I'm seeing a band who I've seen you know twenty five times before, and I've seen them again because I love them and I always see them every time they come round. Yeah, this is a, this was like this is a current record. I love it. It's it and and I'm getting to see this band touring on this record. I'm not waiting mm-hmm. for them to play something from 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yes, yes. Uh, so, but I think that's what I uh, it can this record and and this artist kind of kickstarted a newfound love of modern music for me. And I think it was so important because I after that I got into bands like Menzinger's Pup, uh, AJJ oh. in particular. Like yeah, uh, yeah. You know, like, I don't know AJJ, but. He, um, it's a band that uh, Rosenstock has mentioned so many times. Yeah, yeah. Um, I should really, I should re-listen really to them. So, like, honestly, uh, I can give you some suggestions afterwards as well. Please do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, AJJ is um, like a folky version of it, uh, of Jeff. I would say like uh, it's folk punk, and like, you don't think it's going to work, but it does. It's really good. Uh, right. Sean Bonnet, who's a singer, is great. Um, but I, I, we could talk about Jeff all day. But um, so, but I, I think we should move on to. Uh, Possibly, is it your Saturday night headliner as well? After this? Well, I tell you what, because we have, because we've we've made this a two day festival, just because we enjoy talking about music so much. <laughs> can you believe it? We we love music so much that we had to, yeah, to call a day shorter. <laughs> Sorry, everybody, you're gonna have to. But you know what? Actually, here's the thing about the Sunday. As you, the older you get, the less you want to stay for the Sunday. You know? Yeah. So let's, the Sunday's just it's, it's gone. All right. You know Sunday's what? Gone. On your Sunday, you can put all the all the artists that you know. 
you think that makes you look cool just just so you can you can head away for that day you know what i mean like yeah, yeah exactly. it's like yeah storms they come play the, the, the sunday mate or whatever yeah exactly i mean there'll be, there'll be stuff happening on the sunday if you want to hang around but yeah. this is how it's going to close so i was what i was originally going to do is i was going to have just because i think you know it's a festival for me but it should also be a festival for everyone else as well i was going to have sort of two bands for the saturday and the sunday two bands that are big and i love but are you know they're kind of they, they, they can headline a festival but they're also everybody knows them and everyone loves them sort of yeah. so i was going to have rem on the saturday steely dan on the sunday oh, so let's yeah. why not why not why not give people an embarrassment of riches and have steely dan into rem okay so we steely dan chills us out relaxes us i know it's saturday night but you know you can still dance to a lot of their stuff no, but I think Steely Dan, like, even though following Jeff Rose and stuff, I think, like, Steely Dan, like, they have hit after, like, well... Oh, yeah, uh, they do. Yeah, like, like uh, you can, they can, they can pull it up or pull it down in terms of, like, uh, uh, tempo-wise. They, they can entertain it, but that's, like, I think Steely Dan then into R.E.M., lovely combination, actually. Yeah, I think know, that's really I, nice. I think that's good. I, I as, as well, I'm, I'm probably going to do the old time machine thing. And, yes. And say... I'm going to say, because I, I saw REM, I only saw them once, and I saw them on the Monster Tour. And that was 1995, I think. Mm-hmm. It was the second half of the Monster Tour after Bill Berry had his aneurysm, and it was postponed. And, then, um, and it was an amazing day. It was, um, it was REM with the headliner at the Milton Keynes Bowl, but also that day was Sleeper and the Cranberries and Radiohead touring on the Benz. Oh my God. So a phenomenal day for a, a 90s indie, indie rock fan. The past, uh, the past is amazing, isn't it? It's yeah, another right, country, like, mate. It's another yeah. country. But so I think I would have them, because I know they didn't tour on Automatic for the People, but I would have them in the kind of yeah. automatic monster. I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't want them to play mostly stuff off a of monster. But I want them to play a few of the things off of Monster. But basically, I'd like them to play, you know, when they were, when they were still playing old stuff, you know, occasionally they'd throw in like a Don't Go Back to Rockville or something like that, mm-hmm. like a, an IRS kind of uh, hit like that. But, but yeah. mainly stuff off of Automatic, Out of Time, Green, you know, and a bit of Monster. I think that's, you know, again, you know, talking about Liz Fair, that's another yeah. band that I got into after they'd signed to a major label after they signed to Warner Brothers. Yeah. I mean, they probably signed to Warner Brothers in about 1990, maybe. And that's when I was sort of first heard Shiny Happy People and started getting into them. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that kind of like the mid-90s REM yeah. to close off the show. You're still getting all of, you know, you're still yeah. getting um, uh, all of the songs you want to hear. You're still getting, yeah. you know, the one I love and you're still getting uh, oh, Losing My Religion and yeah. Shiny Happy People. They don't think they ever play it. But, you know, you're getting you're yeah. getting hits. You know, you're getting What's Frequency, Kenneth. It's fine. Yeah. You know what? I think that's, um, what a way to finish off CrossFest as well. I think, uh, you know what? Uh, we'll get drunk in a little uh, port cabin. And uh, yeah, but, but what a way to finish off the Bontons holiday. Uh, Can't wait, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think it's time for some quick waffles. Let's do it.
As with event management, things are bound to go wrong. So here's a few quick questions that our guests have to deal with in the manner they see fit. I'll tell you now, we've already shown our adaptability in culling an entire day from the festival. <laughs> so I don't know. I can't, I can't, I can't think of any administrative errors that are going to yeah. come our way that I'm not going to be able to bat away with. I tell you what, Thursday's gone as well. All right, if that's the way you're going to be. <laughs> you know, yeah. the whole festival's cancelled. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's that's my that's my. You know what? Actually, I yeah, it's, I just want to stay home. Yeah, we'll do it on Zoom. <laughs> so, um, question number one. Uh, oh dear, someone's running late uh, and you need to fill time, but fortunately one of your favourite celebrities is willing to do a DJ set for you. Which celebrity out of anyone in the whole world would you pick to do a DJ set for your festival? Right, so I think it's going to have to be uh, it's going to have to be like an artist that people respect so that they would, they would, they would trust that they would, you know, if, if I say sorry guys, it's going to be an hour until um, uh talking heads come on stage mm -hmm. you've got to bring out somebody who the audience is just by the fact of them stepping onto the stage go ah right fine we're in safe yeah. hands here so mm -hmm. i'm gonna say jarvis cocker oh okay if jarvis comes out you go well at least we've got jarvis here you know yeah. you sort of go it'll it, it'll it'll feel like we've just turned on six music for a bit yeah you know, <laughs> we're just stuck on six music jarvis can chat about some of the songs he likes play a few songs you know keep people yeah. going um so i think yeah i think He's, he's our man. Brilliant. Um, so two bands that you have on your bill absolutely hate each other. And that's okay, the yeah. Sav Savvy Fav and Oxes. What? <laughs> they hate each other. What? And <laughs> they said that only one of them can play and you have to choose between the two of them. Which one do you have to pick? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Do you know what? I think for the good of the festival, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick the Savvy Fav because I think they are greater entertainment value for someone who's not heard their music. Brilliant stuff. I will oh, no. say one thing, oxes perform on boxes. They stand on top of boxes. So oh. they have got some level of theatrics, but not quite to the level, not, not, not right. trust me as a rug. What is your problem with people standing on things or in certain like- It's classic <laughs> short man syndrome. I need, I need all of my performance to be slightly elevated so I can feel the same way. Uh, your festival absolutely loves you and they want you to sing one song at the festival. If you had to pick one song from all the artists that you've picked from today, which song would you like to pick and sing? Oh, I've got to, I've got to sing a song. Right. I, I, I think I'm going to sing, I'm going to sing Peg by Steely Dan. Oh, because, wow. you know, it's everybody know, at the very least, they know, um, uh, I know I love you better. You know, that bit, they're going to know that bit from it being used on three feet high and rising and mm -hmm. people are going to recognize it. So at least they'll, they'll sort of know, even if they don't know Steely Dan, that's yeah. good. We'll, we'll be able to get a, a crowd sing along at least for, one or two lines of the song and uh finally oh yes. no rem has just cancelled last minute who do you get oh. to replace them oh who do you get to replace the biggest band in the world um do you know what like and i can pick any band of any and any anytime anywhere okay and, and i'm gonna use, i'm gonna use the same the same time machine that I used to uh, to bring REM here in the first place. I can't believe they cancel when they've got a time machine. What's your <laughs> excuse? We've got a time machine, Michael. I don't know why you're cancelling. That is the definition of you can move things around. I'll make some calls. I'll move things around. Anyway, let's not worry about that now. Um, they've they've cancelled. I am going to get. Uh, and again, a, weirdly, a band that I don't care that much for, but I know. If you were expecting to see REM and this band walked out, 
this era, I'm going to get OK Computer era Radiohead because it's, mm. it scratches a very similar itch. You yeah. know, they're a, they're, a, they're a cerebral, thinky, you know, musos love them, but at the same time, they've had some sort of chart success. Oh. There you go. But also you have uh, OK Computer era. So like, like that's very much of that legendary, but also of fitting of REM in that time as well. I think so. so. Yeah, 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 definitely. Wow. Uh, well, thank you so much, Matthew Crosby, for coming on the podcast. It's been an absolutely uh, divine having you on. And what, what a treat it's been. Matt, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. And, and where- um, yeah, we've talked for a long time. <laughs> it's really past four now. Oh, I but, mean, um, the, the edit on this is going to be absolutely brutal. But, uh, but good luck. I am, um, yeah. Um, well, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you online and what, uh, where can people check you out? If people go to my Twitter or Pappy's Twitter, that's normally the best place for seeing what I'm up to. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's Matthew Crosby on Twitter or at Pappy's Tweet on uh, Twitter for Pappy's. And you can get my podcast, which is the uh, Pappy's Flat Share, um, which I'm always fun. It's like a sort of combination of three different shows. Mm-hmm. But uh, have a listen, see what you think. I think you'll like it. Uh, lots of guests that you, if you listen to this, you'll probably like the guests that we have on. Um, and also you can hear my radio show Sunday mornings on Radio X, uh, 8 a.m. till 11 a.m. every Sunday. And all of it is absolutely brilliant. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. Uh, and you can also follow uh, Castable at uh, Castable Podcast uh, on Twitter. And also you can email us at castablepodcast at gmail.com if you want to get in touch and let us know what you think about Matthew Crosby's festival. So I've been Matt Hoss and thank you for coming to Castable. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Matt. Thank you so much for listening to Season 1 of Castable. Thank you for joining us on these brilliant 10 episodes. I hope you enjoyed them as much as I have making them. It's been a real treat, and uh, it's been one of my dreams come true. Thank you for enjoying it. Do remember to give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or give it a rating or whatever possible. If you want to hear more from me, you can check out me at Matt Hoss Comedy on Twitter. Facebook, Instagram. Also, I'm doing four streams a week. I'm playing video games on Twitch. Follow me at Matt Hoss Comedy there. On top of that, you can also check out my stand-up comedy hour called Here Comes Your Man on Bandcamp. Just search for Matt Hoss, Here Comes Your Man on Bandcamp. And yeah, I just want to say thank you, listener, for joining us. We'll be back very soon for season two. Take care. Hi, just wanted to do a quick little postscript for you. So after recording this episode, Matthew Crosby got in touch with me through WhatsApp. Um, I'm not, that sounded like I was doing a sponsored <laughs> little thing there. Yeah, Matthew got in touch with me through WhatsApp and during the recording, his wife, Charlie, was sat there and she was interested by the podcast and she made her own like playlist of her own festival. And I just thought I'd uh, write, read it out because it's an absolutely bang festival. And uh, thank you, Charlie, for... Uh, send this over hope you don't mind me sharing it but here we go so i think i'm not there's not necessarily an order but i'll just read it out as it's given to me the smiths david bowie elton john violet femmes who are amazing ramones hell yeah tim buckley morrissey so morrissey gets double dibs there the smiths on top there's uh, roy orbison there's the spice girls ezra Furman. Nina Simone, Elvis Presley. By the way, no one's picked Elvis Presley yet. Thank you, Charlie, for putting that. Jeff Buckley. I think it's the Platters or the Plotters. Either way. And finally, Peter, Paul and Mary. And after reading out this list, I believe it's supposed to go the other way around from bottom all the way up. Because uh, imagine starting with uh, the Smiths and David Bowie and... Uh,
But what a great lineup, and thank you so much, Charlie, for sending it over. I hope you've enjoyed this very special episode of Castle with Matthew Crosby. Uh, season two will be back. Uh, season two should be not so far away. To keep on recommending it to your friends. See you soon. Bye. <laughs>